Hi, this is Dave of the Fatalist Podcast, and you're listening to another episode of Take 5. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the ways I discover new genre shows to watch involves simply backtracing the professional history of a show's creator. Let me give you an example. I was fortunate enough to jump on board Flight 815 when its surviving passengers and crew found themselves on a seemingly uninhabited mysterious island. I learned that somebody named J.J. Abrams was responsible for Lost, so I decided to investigate his work, and I came to find out that he previously created a show called Alias. I acquired the pilot episode and became immediately engrossed. Fortunately, as Lost's first season ended, I began playing catch-up with Sidney Bristow, the CIA, and SD6, who were finishing their fourth season as world-class spies involved in a game of espionage and Da Vinci-esque intrigues. But I'm not here to talk about Alias today. Having made it through all 10 seasons and 220 episodes of Stargate SG-1, I really grew to love two characters who came on board during the ninth season, Lieutenant Colonel Cameron Mitchell, played by Ben Browder, and Vala Malderon, played by Claudia Black. So, when I learned that they both appeared as principals in a sci-fi show called Farscape, I decided to check it out. Didn't take me long to ask, how the heck did I miss this show when it aired back in 1999? All right. Brian Henson, yes, that Henson family, the puppet people, decided he wanted to develop a show that, in addition to being a great sci-fi show, would show off all the technical wizardry being developed at Henson's company. He enlisted Rockne S. O'Bannon, who created Sequest 2032, and has most recently been involved as an executive producer on Cult, Defiance, and V, to create a vehicle for his vision, and Farscape became that show. The pilot episode opens as International Aeronautics and Space Administration test pilot John Crichton is taking a test flight to prove a theory of his when things begin going horribly wrong and he finds himself in a region of space that leaves him totally disoriented. It seems he's been shot through a wormhole and entered space outside the known solar system. In fact, as he emerges from the wormhole, he finds himself in the middle of a dogfight between alien craft his out-of-control test plane collides with one of the ships and kills its pilot. Now, the dead pilot's brother sets out to discover the person responsible, and revenge plays a big role in the Season 1 story arc. Crichton is pulled aboard a huge alien craft called Moya, a leviathan, which is a living ship, and it's here that he meets his first alien beings and begins to put the pieces together. All right, on board Moya are Zahn, a blue Delvian priestess, who is on board what turns out to be a prison ship for assassinating the Delvian leader. Caldargo, a Luxon warrior, allegedly killed his Sebastian wife, and Dominar Rigel XVI was once the leader of the Hynerian race and is one of the most selfish individuals you'll ever encounter. Now remember, though, this is a Henson endeavor, and Rigel was described by Wayne as a damned puppet. So you've got a group of prisoners now in control of this prison vessel. Now, it turns out that the pilot Crichton killed was the brother of a peacekeeper, and a peacekeeper sort of a cross between the police and the military, and Aaron Sun, who is a peacekeeper presently attempting to retake the prison ship when her vessel is taken and brought on board Moya. Sun is a Sebation, and while internally different, externally looks the same as a human. So then we go back to Caldargo, Luxon warrior, married to a Sebation. All right. We've got an unlikely group of bedfellows, a peacekeeper trying to retake the prison ship from three prisoners who've tasted freedom, 
and an Earth astronaut simply trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Now, if I can anticipate your objections once again, I know, as Wayne said, it's a damn puppet. But it doesn't take too long to see Rigel as the despicable, hateful, irredeemable character he is instead of this furry-looking creature who somehow hovers through the air. Yes, Zahn is blue and bald, but she quickly becomes the spiritual guide of the group and often provides that buffer between Dargo, whose first instinct is to kill, and a reasonable course of action. Aaron Sun's motives are clearly at opposition with the others since she's perceived, and rightly so, as the enemy. But as you might imagine, they bond together and, though mistrust is rampant, set off on a series of adventures. Struggles over leadership, goals, destinations, and even what to have for dinner punctuate the show that's as much about the individual's as it is the dilemmas they find themselves in. I think the most difficult hurdle viewers will have is getting past the unusual alien creatures, but I would direct you to shows like Star Trek, Next Generation, Babylon 5, which were about issues and people and their differences, and we quickly looked past the odd features of the characters we encountered. Is Farscape social commentary? Nah, not really. It's just a highly entertaining series about a miscast group of people who come together for their own reasons, but in the end, care, and dare I say, love each other. Throughout the four seasons comprising 88 episodes that aired between 1999 and 2003, additional characters come and go, but it's the long road to respect that each must travel that really speaks to me. So, give Farscape a shot, and if you give it a chance, the characters will draw you in and refuse to let you go. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Take 5. This has been Dave, and I look forward to our next encounter.